Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of The Art of Thomas. Um, today, we're going to be talking about my last article that I wrote for theartofthomas.wordpress.com. Remember Thomas with no H because, yeah, my name is come from Spanish, not English. So it's the Spanish version. So it's T-O-M-A-S. Now, for those who are seeing the video, you're going to notice that I have cut my hair completely short. It's actually a funny story, a funny and painful story that comes with it. Um, I was walking in the yard, the backyard, and we have a beehive in one of the trees. And my hair was kind of like standing up. It was a bit of a crazy hair that I had that, that day. And a bee got stuck in it. And it, it couldn't, uh, couldn't escape the poor little thing. So it ended up stunning me in the back of my head. And man, was it painful. It was really, really painful. So after that, I was like, F this. I'm just going to cut my whole hair. So nothing gets stuck. Nothing hurts me. <laughs> it, was, it was terrible. But anyway, let's move on to our article. So the article I wrote, I wrote it yesterday, actually. Um, but it was a weekend and I couldn't, uh, I was kind of busy with my girlfriend, so didn't have time to make the video. And I like releasing them at the same time, the article, the video, and the podcast. So I know it's called the logic of violence and its consequences. So I, in some of my previous videos, I have talked a little bit about the logic of violence. And honestly, it's a term that I never heard until a few months ago that I started reading the book, The Sovereign Individual. And it talks a lot, a lot about it. And it was, got me thinking and got me also doing some extra research. And it is a very very powerful and interesting um, concept to, to know and to understand. Because if you look at society, like society, what I'm referring to is the way in which people organize themselves. You know, we people, we come together and we form societies. And over the span of human life, of human history, we can see different kinds of societies that emerge. And at some point in time, they change. And usually they change by a, usually a combination of factors. But one of the main factors is the logic of violence. And I think one could even go as far far as to say that the reason a society exists the way that it does is as a direct response to the logic of violence of its time, because each time in history has a different logic of violence. So I think in order to make this clear, uh, it's good to put on some examples. So. If you imagine like very, very early on in history, you know, we're hunter-gatherers. So if you're a nomad tribe that goes around hunting and gathering food, first of all, you, you, you have to move 
because of the different seasons, you can't stay in the same place all the time. So you won't see a lot of energy put into building buildings because you cannot move around with them. You also wouldn't expect people to hire, to, to hunt or harvest more than what they can eat because again, you need to be on the move. You, so you won't have any extra capital, if you will. So if you think that there is a bunch of small tribes that they only have as much as they can carry around, it doesn't make a lot of sense for you to go and attack another tribe. Unless you're trying to secure some sort of area where there's a lot of resources and you want to keep it for yourself. But overall, attacking another tribe would incur a great risk and a great cost. Because even if you win, if you lose your hunters, you know, you're in a very bad spot. So what you would expect to see, the logic of violence tells us that there's going to be little confrontation between tribes. And it's going to be mostly peaceful for um, the people there. And that's what you would expect to see. Now, here's when it comes, when it comes very interesting. Once people started developing the ability to farm, they became stationary in one place. So you start to see more energy and resources put into the buildings that they built. But also now, for the first time, you can, you can have more food than what you eat. And you can start to see the development of different technologies to store the food for longer, especially stuff like grains. You can store it for a long time. So for the first time in history, you get sitting capital. So extra resources that are just there and that are waiting. And they're like a backup for your tribe. But also now the logic of violence changes because now if you actually can attack the farm, you can take the resources and you can also keep the buildings. So the logic of violence changes because now it's actually profitable for people to launch offensive strikes. And, in, and that's what happens in that time of history. You see more attacks of humans attacking humans because the logic of violence changed and it makes it, makes it profitable. So if you see that it's profitable, you see a rise in the number of attacks happening. And you also see that in response to this, uh, people tend to band together in larger numbers. A, because they have more food so they can sustain larger populations, but also B, to defend against attacks. So we see now the society is uh, shifted because of technology improvements and the shift in the logic of violence. Now, if you take a look at the Middle Ages, for example, in the Middle Ages, something very interesting happens where is one person in full armor and a war horse and something like a spear or a powerful sword, that person is extremely powerful. It's very hard to kill and he can, by himself, he can take on maybe, I don't know, a bunch of um, ordinary men like peasants or farmers. So that person, once you acquire all those tools, you become extremely powerful. But also those tools are very expensive. 
So what ends up happening is that the people with all with the resources to attain the tools, they become uh, extremely powerful and they dominate. So in that time, you get society arranges itself in a way that you have the peasants and they work for the night and the night offers protection in exchange of their services. And then on top of the, of the night, you get the Lord and on top of the Lords, you get the King. And so you get a vertical structure and it all um, depends upon who can acquire this great weapon, right? You also see the emergence of castles, which are these really big structures that cost a lot to build, a lot of money, a lot of time. They're very labor intensive buildings, but once you put them in place, they're extremely hard to, to take down. So again, we see society arranging itself as a direct answer to the shift in the logic of violence. But what you need to understand is that all of this stuff that makes you very resilient at that time, at that moment in time, as soon as gunpowder becomes widely spread, all of that thing that you build, all that structure becomes instantly outdated. Because now an untrained peasant with a rifle can shoot down a knight instantly. So suddenly having all this extra money does not necessarily make you more powerful than the other, other guy, as, as long as the other guy can um, afford the same weapon. Also, we see like uh, cannons being invented. And yeah, once, once you get the cannons, then castles are outdated. They're completely useless. Not, of course, not completely useless, but they become they become very unprofitable. It costs like, so much money, so much time to build, and then a cannon comes along and it blows it all away. So, again, once technology usually changes the logic of violence and the society needs to change in order to address it. What I found very interesting that the book The Sovereign Individual uh, talks about is that when gunpowder got implemented, that vertical structure that the Middle Ages had uh, rearranges itself because now knights and the normal and a normal person has the same power. Once they both fight with rifles, they have the same power. So that actually brings the level of the knight, brings it down to the level of the ordinary people. So instead of having this vertical structure, you have the king and everybody else on the bottom. And that is another thing that change, changes the logic of violence because before the king, if he wanted to launch an attack or go to war, the king couldn't call upon the people themselves. The king needed to um, convince the lords, which each lord needed to convince all the knights that he had um, under him, and the knights would call upon the people. And this actually took a lot of power away from the central figure, from the king, because each lord had a lot of power to reject the king's wishes. And each knight could reject the lord. So 
actually to to go to war, you will have to convince everyone in the in the chain. Now, when you get the king on top and everybody else on, on the bottom, because everybody else has the same level of uh, power, there's no single entity that has enough power by itself to say no. And now the king can call upon the people directly. So it's much easier to go to war. At the same time, um, the weapons are cheaper, they're more deadly, and yeah, so this is when we see the rise of nations. And in the book, they even say that once you get all the people in the bottom to be equal, that's when you get the emergence of the word citizen. You know, that's when you actually get the citizen as we know it today, which I thought it was fascinating. I, I'm actually quite upset that I never got to explain any of these during school because it's very useful to know how these things come about. So during the whole, let's say, 20th, uh, 20th century, we see these big countries and we see lots of fighting, lots of wars. One of the deadliest, uh, bloodiest centuries, they say. We got World War I, World War II. It's a mess. <laughs> and a lot of it comes from the fact that it was easier to go to war and... There were two main factors that determined the success of your country during the 20th century, and it was how many people can you amass in your army, and how longer, how how long could you sustain that army um, economically. So what we see is that we get big countries with large amount of pop populations, usually centralized in like big cities. And you get governments that uh, they tax a lot from their citizens in order to sustain the military efforts. And that's what you would expect from a logic of violence viewpoint. Uh, in fact, you can say that uh, society had to arrange itself in that way, because if you didn't, you would be taken over by the ones who did. So yes. One thing we need to keep into consideration is that societies always arrange themselves to be effective to the logic of violence of the time. That's the key thing. And what I want to say before we finish is that I like most of the problems we're having today is because the logic of violence has shift once again and all of our structures, all of our, um, say, all of the, all of our structures, the way we organize ourselves and our institutions, they're all built for the previous logic of, of violence. And now we have a new one because now we have, yes, you can still find some places where armies face, face against each other, although it's extremely, it's, much rarer now uh, it's probably you know on the way out because what we see now is most most of the confrontations happen in an economic way and in a digital way we see lots of hackers um, we had one in the united states that was a big one 
that a group of uh, hackers, they were able to shut a pipeline down and America had to pay a ton of ransom in Bitcoin, which was super in interesting. Uh, here in Australia, we had a lot of companies that had had um, attacks and they they also had to pay some ransom. That That's gonna be more prevalent as we move towards the information age. Uh, so, so yeah, now a few people with a computer can do more damage than an army could. could. And it's also way cheaper and it's harder to defend. So the logic of violence has completely changed. We no longer need to amass large numbers of populations to build a large army. That is the past. And unfortunately, all of our structure, all of our society is built to face the logic of violence that has changed. And I think a lot of the problems that we're seeing um, stem from that, stem from the fact that we need to change and we are not changing. And unfortunately, because we're not changing, it's the same as having the castle when the cannons are coming. We are extremely, extremely vulnerable and we are not ready to fight this fight. So another unfortunate thing is that some of the changes that we need to do to defend ourselves digitally, uh, some of them, which is adopting technology like blockchain, Bitcoin, and that is gonna take a lot of power away from the government. So I understand why the government doesn't want to make these changes. Unfortunately, until they do, it's gonna be more and more painful for everyone. And I believe that a lot of what we're seeing, especially here in Australia, uh, I think the government went really crazy with the, the way they responded to the COVID situation. And I honestly, I think it's, uh, they're feeling like they're losing control and power, which there's like they will. There's no other way around it. Um, we are going to need to change to adapt to the new age. And once we do, government will lose a lot of its power. There's simply no way around it. They will. And of course, they don't want to. And it's almost like, you know, the more they feel their power is fading, the more they're going to try to assert their dominance, which is not going to stop the process from happening. It will slow it down and it's going to just make it more painful for everyone. And so that's, that's why I want to make these videos and write these articles because look, the transition is happening. You can't avoid it. You cannot wind the clock back it's not gonna happen so i'm trying to say these things and write these words and make this video so that we can make a smooth transition into where we need to be and just let's avoid having a necessary pain uh anyway that's what i try to write in this article and in the videos and in the podcast and yeah, hopefully it will be helpful for some some of you. Hopefully, hopefully not many of you will think I'm crazy, and if you do, that's okay as well. Never, ever, 
ever take my words uh, for as truth because they are not. I am not a wise or particularly smart person. You know, I'm just trying to find out as much as, as I can. And when I find something useful, I try to uh, share the information with others. And hopefully my only goal is that this will spark in you uh, enough curiosity on the subject so that you can go and learn by yourself because there's a lot of better people to explain everything that I say. So my goal is just to show the door and then you can go in and do your own research because that would be the best. I, as always, I very much recommend the book, The Sovereign Individual. It talks a lot about this stuff and it's really good. It's really good. They, they, there's two authors, they wrote it in the year 2000 and they were predicting all of this from 20 years ago and they got everything so right. It's, it's amazing. Um, anyway, that's it. Have a great day. Enjoy, have fun. Hopefully I'll see you again next time. Uh, so stay safe and yeah, I'll see you around, I hope. And now we just need to, ah, yes, goodbye.